It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Evelyn. Love talking today with a very special guest about relationships. Thank you, Gavin. This is Evelyn, and in the studio with me is two beautiful young women and a very special guest. Happy happy Saturday, friends. It's great to be with you. This is Kathy Enderbrock, and welcome to Love Talk here on KTXW, The Bridge, Austin, Central Texas Christian Talk. Friends, we are building bridges of love and leadership, and we need those bridges right now in our families, in relationships, in our community, and especially in our nation. And Coach Carrie Brinkader, great to have you with us this morning. Oh, it is the joy of my week to be here with no, you ladies. That's my, that's my joy. <laughs> it's your Jesus joy. It's over you. I know. I just love being Jesus here with uh, my beautiful friends. Great uh-huh. to see you this morning, Miss Evelyn and Kathy. Um, boy, it is getting hot in Texas, and uh, it is officially summertime. That is for sure. We hope that you might be sitting in your living room. You might be sitting on the back porch. You might be traveling somewhere right now. But we are grateful that you have found the love ladies and friends we're going to be talking today about men in prayer so grab your cup of coffee and we're going to love talk with you today we have a great program a special guest from miss evelyn's new book love walking and love talking and like i said our guest is a he today and uh, we very often have she's in our studio with us but we have a he we're very excited for him to be here there's a lot of testosterone right here to the right of me kind of Kind of balancing us out. We're going to talk about some of his personal experiences that he has had in prayer. Friends, we do have some good news for you today. God is attentive to the prayers of his people and our nation, communities, families, and leaders are desperate for prayer. God answers prayer today and provides a stream in the wilderness for those who are walking through desert valleys. Friends, if you are going through a desert valley today, God will provide a stream in that wilderness for you. He'll he'll provide some cool shade and some refreshment for your thirst. He created us and he will listen and answer today as we turn to him for direction and help. We're glad that you can be with us this morning. Absolutely. Romans 12:12 12, 12 is our key verse today. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. What a fitting verse for um, some tumultuous times that we've experienced over the last few weeks. And I tell you what, friends, I, I am just constantly amazed that no matter what is going on, you can turn to Scripture and you can find um, direction. You can find solace and you can find hope. And as we navigate waters that are that are hard, tricky, man, painful, gut wrenching, there's there's hope in the scripture and in the word of God. Again, Romans twelve twelve, be joyful in hope, be patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. Well, I tell you what, Miss Evelyn, it's always great seeing you. I went so long without seeing you during the shelter in place. And uh, these past few weeks of being in your presence is delightful. Oh. You're looking great today, Miss Evelyn. What's been going on in your week? Well, just just trying to catch up with details. We've got uh, a lot of things going on. We think that the book is going to be ready before the 4th of July. And that's going to uh, just make our 4th of July party a biggie. I mean, we're going to have fun. Um, Other than that, um, we have been working uh, with the governor on a couple of issues. And uh, 
Um, you know, it's not things we can talk about right now, but one of the things that we're experiencing in America, and in Texas specifically, is the ability to handle uh, the physical part of living with the uh, the germs and the things that we're living with right now. And um, so when you look at it from a big point of view, it's almost impossible to find an answer. But when you look at it from one step at a time, and that's how we learn to walk, that's how we learn to trust, uh, we're um, we're moving in that direction. And then um, uh, we had to cancel our summer plans this oh, week. Oh, <laughs> I hear the hurt in your voice, Miss Evelyn. I'm so sorry. Well, we've really prayed over it. We had pl- We always take our our, I'll normally take our vacation in July. I mean, in August or September, and uh, it, it we like to cruise, and so we just kept praying. It's not the safe thing to do at yeah. this point. So we're trying to figure out what we can do next. We are going to go to Houston and see my sister uh, around the Fourth of July. She is not doing well, but you know when you look at what you have and options and how you can serve the Lord Jesus and others, uh, this is a wonderful time of year to do that. And I know Kathy uh, and Carrie, we have been uh, putting together a big event for the for the book. And uh, here at the station. And so I've got a whole stack of ads for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be yeah, fun. That'll be yeah, fun, Miss Evelyn. Well, I hope so. Uh, one of the things that we got um, in preparation for this year uh, was a big Bible that's called the Patriot's Bible. Hmm. Uh, and I bought it early on because uh, we always give the governor a gift, you know, during National Day of Prayer. And so I've got that big Bible, and I'm just asking every day, Lord, what am I going to do with it? I can't carry this Bible. <laughs> you know, what am I going to do with this? That's your home Bible. Uh, and so what, I think where we get to that point sometimes when we're, our load is heavy and we say, Lord, I can't carry this anymore. Or, Lord, this is the blessing. What do I do with it? And I feel like that's kind of where we are right now without any plans for a vacation. And we've, you know, just knowing. But, you know, there are health issues as well. And we've done so well the last three weeks that um, I just can only, just, I, I, if I talk about it, I cry. So it's your turn to just talk. Just praising the Lord, Miss Evelyn, that you're healthy and happy and um, uh, so grateful for you. Well, I tell you, I had a refreshing conversation this week, you know, amidst. Everything that's going on, we have a sweet um, African American family at our at our school, and I was talking to uh, to Mika, and she was discussing some of the issues that have been going on, and she she's a pastor. Her and her husband are pastors, and they just have such a heart for the Lord mm-hmm. and such a heart for people. And um, I was so refreshed by my conversation with her. She said that she is going to organize um, just some chats with um, uh, folks uh, at our school that, that want to come and just talk, talk about issues and talk, ask questions and, and, and just really uh, learn and, and listen. And I just, I just thought that was so refreshing. She said, you know, Carrie, I can go to the Capitol and I can, yeah. I can do all of those things and I can, I can write my senators and my congressmen. And I, but she said, and I do those things. I'm, a, I'm an advocate. But she said, my, and she used the term, it was uh, it was not love field, Miss Evelyn, like you used, but it, she said, but my, 
my sphere of influence is here. Mm-hmm. It's here in Georgetown. It's it's here in my community. And that's where I feel like I need to be a voice and to, to help people understand and just to, um, to, to listen to other people's concerns. And I can't tell you how refreshing that conversation was with her, a beautiful woman who's looking for uh, ways to uh, educate her community, to be a positive voice in her community, to lift up the name of Jesus, to, to, to just be an advocate for people in general. Yeah, you know, I love that quote, and I've said it before by Martin Luther King, that um, darkness cannot uh, cast out darkness. Only light can do that, and hate cannot cast out hate. Only love can do that. And I think this whole um, narrative that in order to value one segment of society, we have to hate another segment Mm -hmm. of society, that does not work. I can love and value uh, my black, Hispanic, white, you know, every color, Asian friends and family, and I can love all of our officers who protect us. Mm -hmm. I can love... um, all of these uh, different groups of people. I don't have to uh, hate one in order to love and uphold the other. I can uphold them both. God gave me two hands, not just one. And so, and, you know, when he gave us two legs, we don't need just one leg to stand on. We can use two legs. And, I I mean, I just think that God spoke about unity and love. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of people talking, but not a lot of people listening. And, Mm -hmm. And I love it, friends, that... You are tuning in today and listening, and, you know, I, I love this book, Miss Evelyn, Love Walking and Love Talking, because that's that's what we need right now. We need more um, talking in love and walking in love rather than spewing hate mm-hmm. and walking in violence. And um, so I am hopeful for as people step forward and they um, they uh, renounce hateful rhetoric and they renounce um uh, the violence and the destruction of property and life that we can step forward and have really meaningful conversations together and build understanding and love and unity within the country and within the nation. Well, our special guest today, you've been having meaningful conversations with for over 26 years, Kathy. <laughs> uh, we have Eric Enderbrock in studio today. Kathy's husband of 26 years and an author in Miss Evelyn's recent book, Love walking and love talking. Eric and Kathy, of course, have three beautiful daughters. Their oldest is at Baylor University here in Texas. And their uh, golly, your middle daughter is going to be a senior this coming year. And then your baby will be a sophomore in high school. Eric and Kathy joined Evelyn and 24 other prayer leaders for a prayer mission to Washington, D.C. two summers ago, two, I guess two springs ago, uh, for spring of 2018. Eric Enderbrock, what a joy to have you in studio with us today welcome well thank you very much yes i was uh, we were talking before this and i was thinking about it and you know if you guys will notice pretty quickly this is my first time on air <laughs> pretty clearly but um i'm not necessarily a stranger to public speaking but never been in a radio studio till today so that's pretty exciting and and so i asked kathy i'm like well you know what should i be preparing for and stuff and and her 
her only thing she said to me was, well, just don't say anything dumb. <laughs> and I said, well, and I thought to myself, don't I travel sure, on me I was said, what I I sure say. hope I don't let her down. <laughs> but we'll see. I may already just have. So oh, we'll see. No. Anyway, thank you for having me here. Appreciate well, I think she's more um, concerned about you tattling on her. Maybe. Uh, oh, 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 that's right. No storytelling. No storytelling. She was really very clear to say, stick to the script. Don't, don't go off anything. So. Oh, we don't know how to do that. I have written we out. Hip hop. We are a, a rabbit crew. We hip hop, hip hop. I've written out every word that he's allowed to speak today. <laughs> well, Miss Evelyn, you always have a question you like to ask our guest first thing. What is that? I, well, I'd like for you to share how you came to know that God loves you. Now, I know why you got this one here. <laughs> That's probably my my main reason. He showed me and gave me Kathy, so that's that's a wonderful thing. But yeah, let me let me talk to you about that. I mean, um, so I grew up in a Lutheran church, and, I, and I'll try not to to bring this on. I can <laughs> once you get me talking, I can talk for quite a while, as it turns out. Um, and and you know had a loving family, and you know went to church every Sunday, and all that was great. And so I think my first experience with Jesus and the love was through my family. You know that that part yeah. just kind of came clear. You you experienced that, and and you know I was confirmed in the Lutheran Church, baptized as a baby, all the things that you do. Um, and then you know went to college, and we kind of drifted away from that a little bit. And when I say we, because Kathy and I were together in that period Guilty. of time, yeah. <laughs> um, and you know it took living overseas, and it, and it took being separated. Um, from family to, I think, really kind of wake up and hear God calling us back a little bit. And, and Kathy, I think, heard it first and loudest, and I think that's so often true in our families, you know, the the, the wife or the, the woman in the family. It's a mothering. Of, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, and then I think, uh, you know, a sensitive ear, sensitive heart, I don't know what it was, but, but God called her first. And, you know, at first I was scratching my head, like, really? We're going to go back to church? Oh, that's what she <laughs> so, But off we went, and, and so we, we ended up at this little Baptist church, really tiny mm-hmm. church, um, fantastic had a great time and and you know so time goes on we've been attending this church they want us to be members and the very first thing in a baptist church they want you to do is be baptized as an adult and so i i had an issue with that at the time and but i we were we were i think really hearing god call us Mm -hmm. and certainly myself i was and so i go to the the class um you know listen to it and i think everybody was expecting me at the end of this to say no i'm i'm not interested um but it, it got to the end of this class, and I remember God kind of calling, and it was the first time I got a chance to answer with my own voice, I think. Mm. And, and so I said yes, got baptized, you know, and, and you know, the, the funny thing, I'm kind of keeping an eye on how long I go here, but the funny thing about it was that I don't remember the date, but ever since that point, it wasn't a date in time for me, but everything kind of went from black and white to color. It went from vivid mm-hmm. to clear, you know, and mm-hmm. so the life has changed and never really looked back since then. Wow, it's a so. stake in the ground moment mm-hmm. that you know when it happens, it generally in your life. Um, I, I love that. So many times we hear that you have to have the date. Yep. But, Eric, you had a, a period of time that you use as your marker. Friends, I, I, this is going to be a fantastic show. Keep the dial tuned right here to uh, The Bridge, and we'll be right back with Eric Enderbrock right after this. 
Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You have found the love, ladies, and this is Love Talk. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkater in studio with the First Lady of Love, Mrs. Evelyn Davison, and Kathy Indebrock, of course, and her husband, Eric. Um, I am so thrilled to have Eric here. Kathy, over the years, you know, you've you've told us so much um, about Eric over the airwaves, and now our listeners get to meet him today. I just think that's awesome. Well, I just can't believe it's that we've been doing radio. Miss Evelyn, I have. I've been doing radio with you for ten, five years, five years, only five years. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Somewhere between. It's been a while, and we've never had Eric in. So, but it's kind of. It was a little bit, I'm like, what questions should we ask him? Because I was putting together the, the production notes, and I thought, oh, Lord, what is he going to say? <laughs> well, I've got one for Eric. So, um, Eric, you and Kathy started dating in high school, high school sweethearts. You had your first date Christmas Eve 1987, almost 33 years ago. Uh, so, tell me, a little personal questionnaire, who said I love you first, and how long did that take? Well, I think I did. Um, times were a little different. You know, we were chatting about our kids here, you know, when we had the break. And, you know, I think I think today people use the I love word a lot more liberally than, than perhaps do. I did when I was a mm-hmm. younger person. And, and so, but I, I remember it pretty clear. This is uh, probably late 1988. So it, it was maybe just under a year, something like that. Um, I had graduated high school. I'd been in, I was in Phoenix going to school at the time. And and this was before cell phones, so I lived in a, a pretty terrible little apartment complex, <laughs> um, and, and we didn't have a phone. And so, you know, if I wanted to talk to Kathy, I walked next door to basically, I think it was like a liquor store and convenience store, and you know, they had a payphone out there, and so I'd talk on the payphone. And uh, I remember one evening, and I, I think I said, I love you, and and uh, at the end, sort of shyly, you know, it's kind of one of those things at the end of the conversation, you just sort of slip it in, and, uh, and I think that's how that all happened. Yeah, I guess I don't have to correct anything there. <laughs> that was pretty much how and I remember. what did you say, Mrs.? Well, I'm sure I said I love you back. Yeah, I think she did. Okay, good. She mumbled it back back as well, shyly. Because, I mean, it had been a number of months. And so Eric and I, we had started dating, yeah, Christmas Eve and then all through his graduation. And then he left to to, uh, go off to a technical school in Phoenix. And I thought, okay, well, I I don't know what's going to happen now, but he would write me letters and he would call. And, you know, of course, again, no cell phone. So I would have our our phone. I didn't even have a cordless. I don't, I don't know if cordless were available at that time. And I would have it pulled and stretched all, all the way from the kitchen, all the way around the corner of the house. And I could just barely get my, my door shut and have my phone almost pressing against the phone with my cheek against the door. But I felt like I had a little bit of privacy. And I remember just being so shocked and giddy at the same time. And when I hung up, I think I was jumping around the house and dancing and I'm like he said I love you he said I love you and my dad was like oh goodness (laughs) what is going to happen now well uh, that's such a great story and you know yes times have changed right I mean now there's instant access to everything always but love the courting and the and the letter writing now Kathy you wouldn't marry Eric until you had completed your college degree were you ever worried he wouldn't stick around 
Yeah, I was, but I, you know, how do you, you have to have those priorities and you have to have patience. And I had seen um, things not work out well. My, you know, my grandmother had been married multiple times. My mom, um, it took her three times to get it right. And I never, but I saw the brokenness from divorce and I didn't want to go through Mm. that. And so I had this, this principle that, you know, it, takes when God said to get to come together and make one well two requires one whole and one whole in order to make two and I wanted to be that whole person and I just felt like I needed that college degree I needed to be able to be independent and so that was kind of the Christian voice in my head talking and then the, the secular voice in my head talking was and if you ever get divorced, you need to be able to support yourself. So you need a college degree so you can get a good job. So it was also my safety net. But, I mean, you know, you, you make all those decisions, some for the right reasons and some for the wrong reasons. And then, you know, we look back and see how God was really faithful and held us together during many things that, you know, probably should have been the end of the relationship. Wow. Well, you, um, were you... At home at that time, or did you, were you in college, or Well, so the first time when Eric said, I love you, I was at home. I was finishing up my senior year Mm -hmm. in high school, yeah, and then um, I ended up going to UNLV, so I, we moved from, I moved from Los Alamos, New Mexico, and made the transition up to Nevada, and um, Eric had finished the technical school he was going to, and he said, well, I can go to college, I'll go to Nevada with you, and I was like, well, okay, all right, <laughs> let's go. So uh, we we went off and, and went to the same college together, and um, I knew exactly the major I wanted. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to go into hotel management. I wanted to travel internationally. And, I mean, love, you spent, what, you changed majors to yeah, I was still finding myself. I think I only changed maybe once, maybe twice. I can't remember, but, you know. It definitely didn't know what I wanted to be in Indu for the rest of my life at that point. So I think boys mature a little slower. <laughs> what was the major influence she had on you at that time? Um, well, I mean, growing up together and sort of the companionship was, uh-huh. I mean, it, it was really, I mean, it's it could be a traumatic time going off to college and, and you know, leaving your family and stuff. And I have very close-knit family and, and didn't have a lot of, you know, I haven't had any background of divorce in the family. And, you know, one sister, you know, sort of the traditional kind of household, two kids and, you know, two parents. And so it was a pretty big transition for me. I hadn't traveled much as a as a kid. Um, um, my mom's blind and, and had been since I was, oh. you know, about six years old when she went blind. And so that kind of put a hamper on some yeah. of the traveling and things that we might have done otherwise. And so been around, but I don't think I'd ever been east of Texas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I lived in Los Alamos, New Mexico, and so, you know, really hadn't been very many places. And so even just going off to college was, well, it was a big step. Even yeah. though I'd been to Phoenix, you know, I'd done a little bit of that already. And so I think, um, you know, just having a partner in crime to to do stuff <laughs> with was a, was a big part of it. And, and certainly was part of any success I can claim in life in terms of, you know, being able to finish school and continue on and, yeah. and do those things. So that was, that was Quite now, shy in those days. What, are you saying that I'm the one that provided stability in the relationship? Because I always tell my mom, you're the one that well, sti- provided, provided <laughs> stability. Yeah, that's because we tell each other's parents that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well let's, let's talk about uh, uh, the book. Uh, 
that we are waiting uh, to get off the printer. Uh, love walking and love talking. And um, uh, you wrote a chapter in the book mm-hmm. uh, in regard to where we went, why we were there, and what the result was. Could you give us your love story of that time sure, in D.C.? I mean, yeah. Um, you know, and this is an amazing trip, and we'll, we'll share some of it here. And, and, you know, once you guys in the audience hopefully get this book and can kind of read through it, probably the hardest thing is actually condensing some of the great stories and the things that happen across so many. And, you know, I'll share some of my anecdotes mm-hmm. today. But, you know, it's 24 of uh, of us going out. I call some of them prayer leaders, prayer warriors, and then there were you know me, and you know as you know so a mix of different people and 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 heading out to Washington to do this. And so I've been in corporate life for you know twenty plus years, and you know been to you know said I didn't travel before. I made up for it in in my working life. I've been to you know twenty five plus countries, things like that. So, but this was very different. So I'm used to speaking, used to. Um, training and being involved in meetings and and travel but going out to a place like this was very different you know it was a a very focused trip for us it was just about prayer so I'd never done anything like that you know we've been to visit missionaries that we support we've done all kinds of things but this was just such a different step and for me I was really nervous about it I think I think others maybe not so much or at least they hit it really well but you know for me it was it was like well one I'm stepping way out of my comfort zone to do this and 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 really declare your faith, you know, in a different way than maybe I have, because you don't do that in the corporate world the same yeah. way at all. It's it's a little more muted for sure. And then you know, then the fact that we're doing it in front of senators and mm-hmm. and you know leaders of our country, elected officials, and and while that's that's both was intimidating, but it's also very interesting because you know we really shouldn't be intimidated by them. And so, you know, it's a, it's a very interesting thing there, you know, afterwards and, you know, there's, there's sort of the before and after part, but, but I was pretty intimidated going in and, and, and kind of without an agenda, you know, our purpose was, was, you know, it's like prayer itself. It's hard sometimes to pray because it's such a, in some ways an abstract thing. Well, this trip was that for me and it was, it it took a little, took a big step of faith and, and a lot of nervousness for me to do it, so. Exciting, we had uh, we had an unusual event that happened um, in that um, it altered what we were able to do in mm-hmm. regard to what we planned to do, and I, I I want us to talk about that a little bit with you too, Carrie, uh, Kathy. Um, the goal for that trip was to call on each senator mm-hmm. and each representative and give them a copy of the book that we had yep. just published. Uh, and it turned out that we were not able to claim that shipment. What what did what happened that prevented that from happening? Yeah, well and, and so you're right. So you know, when you go visit these people, it's always great to have something in your hand. They're used to getting materials from you and so mm-hmm. you know, in this case our 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 shipment of books had gotten delayed and stuck in, uh, I guess it's security, Washington security. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, you might remember this back, but uh, in Austin there was a time when there were suspicious packages being put on doorsteps down in, I think it was South Austin. And um, and some of them had 
you know, there was threats of bombs and poisons mm-hmm. and all kinds of things that, unfortunately, you know, our government officials are probably all too familiar with. But anyway, so because this was happening in Austin, right at the exact same time, we shipped a whole bunch of big boxes off to Washington, D.C. They all got quarantined and, and held up there. So, you know, and, and in, you know, at the time, obviously, you show up and, and those things feel really traumatic because, you know, the plans are being cast out mm-hmm. the window. You know, here we are with nothing to to hand out but you know in my mind it still worked out to be a great success it was uh it was one i mean obviously we went on we we met with people but it gave a unique opportunity for really two things i think in that in that we got to work closely with the ministries in washington yes and they rallied around us um, in a very exciting way and and offered to pick up the books when they were available and to disperse them and you know that's no small thing getting them to you know the 500 and some offices 535 i guess um so that was really exciting but the second part is never hurts to have a second touch with anybody when you're when you're out there with them and so we got to see them we got to pray with them you get to meet a lot of these people and then in a couple of weeks later, when our books finally got through security, then those got delivered. And, and hopefully a, a great reminder that we were there and that the country is praying for our leadership and that we really do care God beyond works. politics. Well, and God works in amazing ways. Like mm-hmm. you said, it never hurts to have a second touch yeah. because had they not received the book three, four weeks after you guys came and prayed with them, they may not have thought about that again. But then they are reminded, oh, yeah. And maybe thought about the prayer or how special that was or just that, you know, what happened that day. And so that that's a great reminder to all of us that we can have our own plan, right? But God has a plan that is so much bigger and better than we can even imagine because none of y'all would have imagined that scenario and how well that could have worked out. Okay, so Eric, you know, you, you go with all of – with with these 24 people to Washington, D.C. to pray with our nation's leaders. You're willing to go all the way there, take time off from work, um, leave your state, go and, and go on this trip. Why Why not just pray for them at home? Sure. I, I mean, what what led you to do that? And we should, by the way. Absolutely, I mean, you know, so right? We should be praying for right. them continually. But it's different in person. And it's the and I think, you know, more than anything, we probably feel that now, you know, having to sit at home and watch church on TV yeah. or something like that. It's just different. But, you know, I think the and, – and, and I was thinking about this trip, you know, and kind of preparing for this. And there was a couple of things that I think really came out of it. You, you can't encourage if you're not there. Mm-hmm. And so one of the right. big things that – you know, as we as we went from these offices, and so you said about different surprises in this, you know, I'll call it a miracle of the second touch with this books, if you will. Because <laughs> yeah. the other thing we found out when we got there is, you know, we'd never done this before. A lot of the senators and representatives weren't there. It was a travel day for them. So we showed up on a Monday, or, well, actually on a Sunday, and we were going to pray on Monday and Tuesday. And so many weren't there, but all their staffers are there. Mm. And so we prayed with a lot of staff people. And they need encouragement. And so, you know, one, why would you ever be there? Why would you go out of your way? These people only get um, office visits from people with really big agendas. And they have their wants, right? And to show up to them, they almost don't know what to do with it. And these are young kids, by the way. Most of these are, you know, there's some office managers that are older, but they're – they look like our kids, not necessarily, you know, professionals out there. And so there's a lot of need with that group. And, and so one, we're encouraging them and, and really just kind of laying your hands on them and being in the mm-hmm. office. That was a great part. But the second one that, 
that I had never anticipated, the visibility of being the church and getting out among people is massive. Because, and let me tell you a little story that we're, we're walking among the halls, all of us, um, doing our thing, you know, going to office to office. And there's other people, of course, going into offices and, and doing their thing. And so we're outside praying, um, at an office, Kathy and I, and, you know, I can't remember somebody else, I think. And this other gentleman who's been walking around the halls, and he's a blogger from, you know, I can't even remember, maybe Belgium or something. He was, he was from the European Union somewhere. And uh, he came up to us. He goes, I've been watching you guys kind of walk around the halls. What is going on? And so we get a chance to talk to him. And he's so excited. He's like, can I can I film you for my blog? You know, I want to, <laughs> you know, let people know that, you know, this is a government where, you it's know, people like you can come and pray for your leaders. You can just go meet them. Because I'll tell you, folks, you know, most of the world isn't like that. Right. We have a chance to to interact with our leadership and who runs this company in a great way. And so I think that visibility of being the church out there is a, is a meaningful impact as well. So sometimes you got to get off the couch. You know, one of the, uh, the good things that came out of that is those that, well, we had some that really entertained us and mm. brought us in. Uh, and our representatives sat in a rocking chair over in the corner, <laughs> John and Carter. And, uh, we just, you know, it was just really, um, like old home yeah. to them that we would take time to yeah. come and invest not just money in that and you all covered that so well i mean it was just um but to make it possible for us to have an experience like they're experiencing and when it you know when it all came down to the bottom uh and we had you probably remember better than i uh, kathy they entertained us. Yeah. They received us. One had a luncheon. Was it not a sandwich luncheon? Yeah. When I mean, that was the incredible thing that there were. We were amazed that there were so many different ministries in Washington D.C. that were working together, that were ministering, and it wasn't like, oh, here's a ministry for the Democrats. Oh, here's a ministry for the public. No, no, no. It was ministries mm-hmm. that ministered to. Those leaders, those national leaders, it didn't matter what they had just voted for. It didn't matter Mm -hmm. what their party affiliation was. Um, There are ministries that were really aware of God's call to uh, pray for their leaders, to serve their leaders, to help their leaders, and to meet some of those spiritual needs that are there. And so, yeah, the one of the ministries, uh, we had a luncheon over at their facilities, mm-hmm. and the other ministry leaders came to that same luncheon and took time out of their very busy schedule and just shared with us what God was doing in mm-hmm. Washington, D.C., and it really changed my perspective that God truly, he is alive and he is active and he is calling us to work where he is working. Mm-hmm. Well, can, can I jump in? I mean, I think that was one of my key takeaways of it. I was so amazed to see ministries in cooperation mm-hmm. like that, and, and, it, and maybe that happens everywhere, but it was the first time I had seen it, and, it, and it's actually had us rethink how we're doing, you know, our Let's yeah. Pray Today ministry and and how we partner, because we've, I think all too often you go it alone, 
And, mm. and there's a lot of groups, or even worse, think you're in, in competition with right. another ministry, which is ridiculous when you say it, but I think yeah. it happens in the real world more often than well, not. Well, I was, I was astonished at, at how close they were and what they did for us uh, and for the representatives and the senators mm-hmm. after we came home. What happened, Kathy? After we came home, I'm I'm guessing I'm not knowing Easter. where. Oh, yeah. that's right, that's right. Easter was right after we came home. That is so right. It was just such an amazing time that we could see that 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 holiday where God gives us life and has redeemed us and has given us power over sin. Uh, that is what he does in Washington D.C. That's the power that he can have in Washington D.C. And you know, I think. I remember so many times these ministries, these different ministries saying, we need you to pray for unity. Mm-hmm. We need unity because the the parties are getting so divided that they're not meeting together. They're not having lunch together. It used to be that they could vote differently in the le- legislature and then they'd go out to a movie together that night. They'd go out mm-hmm. to lunch together that afternoon. But they said, we are seeing less and less of them spending time together. And they said that dialogue is so important because when you don't have that dialogue, the division and the, you know, the the parties move away from each other and become more extreme. But if you can dialogue and you can get listen to each other's perspectives, um, you you, that division uh, and that growing apart, that distance uh, does is you're not at risk for that. Well, Eric, I know. I mean, I've heard Kathy talk so much about this trip. How how did God change you or grow you through this experience? Well, you know, it's a great question. <laughs> not necessarily easy answers. I'd I'd love to tell you that you know through this I became you know an amazing prayer warrior. I, I don't think I'm there yet. I'm still I'm still learning and, and working on many different things. Um, I'll tell you, maybe the the best answer for that I can give is kind of tell one of the stories. And, and I think I think the the easy answer is I think it was a, a step of faith on my journey mm-hmm. for me. As I told you, how nervous I was and, and how in some cases that was it was pretty scary for me to do it. One of the things as we started this trip is you know everything was pretty well buttoned up. We thought you know our own plans. We uh, we go down there, but we don't have a driver. And so one of this, we were, we were going to rent a van. We have that all organized. And so I was like, well, I guess I can drive. You know, I don't know Washington, D.C., nor do I really feel like driving a bus around it if I could help it. But, you know, we were like, well, that's our fallback plan. And, and you know, this is one of those those kind of things that what happens when you're married to Kathy. You know, she decides <laughs> on the plane, you know, Let what it. we're going to do is we're going to ask whatever Uber driver we get if they want to have a job driving our van around the country. Problem and, solver. And I'm just happy. like, you know, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but, you know, so we, but I agree. I'm like, all right, you know, this is going to be super awkward, but whatever. And, uh, you know, so off we go. We get in the Uber car and a uh, great young guy named Jock, he's, he's our driver. And, you know, Kathy, true to her word, jumps in, asks, explains what we're doing, says, hey, we need a driver. We're willing to pay you and, and, you know, basically we only need you for a few hours a day and the rest you can keep Ubering and making money. So this is a win-win. And guy lives in Baltimore, which is an hour away, but he, but he works DC because that's where, you know, most of the traffic is. And, and he's lived there. He knows the streets and, you know, much to my surprise. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm in. I'll do it. And, and, you know, this guy, he, he becomes part of the crew, right? I mean, he's a, he's a, you know, 
I guess he was probably not a millennial. It might be a Gen Z. I don't know. He's a young guy, mm-hmm. and we learn all about him and, you know, still continually pray for Jacques. You know, he was going through his own set of issues, as, as we all do. But, you know, what an answer to prayer and, and kind of a thing of faith. And so, for me, it's just growth of the more you do. It kind of goes back to your last question. If you get off the couch, you run into things that are weird, but also gives God a chance to do something cool. Wow. In, in the result of all of this coming together, mm-hmm. uh it was just prior to Easter, yeah. and uh, one of the ministries that we uh, that connected with us while we were there said, "Don't worry about the baskets. Yep. The don't worry, yeah, don't worry about, about the, the books. Baskets. Yeah, and that you know we prayed that don't worry about the baskets. You know, the baskets were uh, basically empty at that point for them. Yep. They had were making Easter baskets to take to each of the representatives yep. and the centers. Well, suddenly they woke up. They had, I think it was seven or eight boxes of the books that were released to them. And what they did is they went in and built under us a shelf to put that blessing on. Mm -hmm. And we have heard from so many of them uh, just not bubbling over but saying, you know, that was really good. Mm -hmm. You know, when you look at it. The, those people that went were blessed as much as those that, that 100%. received 100 percent. That is yeah. true. When we return to Love Talk, friends, we'll have more with Eric Enderbrock. I'm interested to hear about uh, he's recently had a big change in his life and how that's going and how that's really shifted some priorities for him. When we return to Love Talk right after this. And welcome back, friends. This is Kathy Enderbrock with Love Talk in the studio with Coach Carrie Brinkater, the First Lady of Love, Miss Evelyn Davison, and our very special guest who I've got to enjoy for the last 26 years, my husband, Eric Enderbrock, talking about men in prayer and getting off that couch. Um, Eric, thank you so much for everything that you've been sharing with us. You know, we are in our last segment, and uh, so we only have about 12 minutes left, and so over our break we're trying to decide there's so much that we still want to ask and pick your brain on and uh, so Carrie kind of got dibs with the first question so you win I called it that's right I called it Um, that's how we work in the sports world I got dibs Um, now Eric you know I've known you for a long time and I know that you have had an extremely successful personal career in the tech industry, private industry, corporate America for 25 years. I mean, you mentioned it yourself. You've traveled to over 25 different countries throughout your career. You've you've just traveled all over the world managing teams, building organizations, and you made a decision a little over a year ago to retire to spend more time with your family. You have these teenage daughters that are about to leave your nest, and um, it's just quite an unusual change. Where did the shift in priorities come from? Sure. Um, you know, it was at a natural break in, in things, and that happens in, in your career. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. jobs kind of wind down and, and things change. And so it was kind of heading up into that place, and you could see it coming when it happens. And uh, wasn't unhappy and, and things were, were going generally well with uh, the company I was working for, but, but it was time for a change. And so Kathy and I, through lots of prayer, of course, um, decided it was 
an opportune time to do something different. And and there's a couple things. And I don't know if retired is the right word or right, sabbatical. Right. Sabbatical. Or, That's I probably a better word. I don't yeah, know I like what that. it is exactly. Uh-huh. And, and I, I get the question a lot. I should probably figure it out. But, <laughs> you know, what it was for me at least, and I like the word sabbatical because it does imply mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm not stopping doing stuff. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm taking some time to explore and to pursue some passions. Um I am writing a book myself. I have a, a book. It's a business book, um, and it's it's basically written. It's in the editing stage, so I'm not exactly sure when that will come out, so I won't nice. give you any dates. But uh, So I've been working on that, so I, I worked quite a bit writing and, and taking some time there. Uh, you know, I'm, I've, I've been developing, and God's been working a bit of a passion for me around around this problem of human trafficking. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm inspired to get involved in more of that. And I don't even know what that means just yet. You know, God hasn't necessarily kind of uh, illuminated my steps with what that looks like. But, but there's so much to do in this world. And, you know, we've been, you know, tremendously blessed in, in many ways. And, and so in addition to just spending some time with the kids, because I did, you know, I, I made my sacrifices and missed events and birthdays and all kinds of things throughout the years and so to so to get some time with uh, with the family was important to me but you know now now's just a, a chance while they're still at home is to make the most of that time and pursue these passions so I'm pretty excited about it I like that word sabbatical and you know you have been very busy during your sabbatical time yeah. uh, and I know that I'm I'm excited I know that in your professional life People just needed to to hear and know how you did what you did, and I know you've written this book that is it's kind of an instruction manual of sorts, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's called Making It to Management. At least that's a working title. Nice. Oh, you have okay. to come back. Mm-hmm. Good. We'll that one. Well, okay. So Eric and, and friends, I just want you to know that you know Eric is a he's a big strong man and you know he likes to do manly things and he has the brought up three beautiful daughters who love the Lord Jesus and Eric um, you know you just have this quality about you um, even though I know you were a powerful force in your professional life you have a gentle spirit about you that is very um it's it's easy, you know. You're easy to be around. And what advice can you give to men who want to be to begin praying, but they but they just don't know where to start? Yeah, sure. And it isn't easy for men, you know. Right. It is a, it's actually maybe one of the most unnatural things I think men might do generally. And although mm-hmm. it's as easy as as anything out there, but. Um, you know, there's a, there's a few things there. It, it's one. There's practice. Um, it does take a humility, and that maybe is the hard one for mm-hmm. men. You know, mm-hmm. it's a it's a submission. It's it's admitting that you don't have everything under control. Mm-hmm. And I think that's most often when you find men do start to pray is, um, you know, in a, in a time of turmoil or challenge. And so that's the easiest time to pick it up. But I'm going to suggest, hopefully, that that's not <laughs> the best way to do it if you can avoid it. You know, I think actually I think the old saying goes, "There's no atheist in a foxhole in right. war." You know, it's it's mm-hmm. tough when when you're being pressed and challenged. Um, but the reality is, and, and here's a couple tips, I guess. Maybe I'll just say this is, you know, the things that worked for me in my life. One is you just start doing it, and it doesn't matter how eloquent or fast or long it is in particular. I find most men don't pray nearly as long as most women. Um, mm-hmm. You can figure that one out for yourself, <laughs> and, and I'll leave it at that. But but it doesn't matter. It's not the length that matters. And, and you know, we hear, you know, in, in Romans 8, you know, the Spirit intervenes for you anyway. And so, mm-hmm. and... 
he, it definitely was written for men because it's about grunts and groans and things like that. So I think it works perfectly for men. Um, so, so say it short and say it meaningful and, and just have that be part of it. And then as you grow with it, say it out loud. And, and you know, tough for men to – I mean, you, you want to be the leader of your household. Well, praying is such a key part to that. I mean, and you can do it around meals, and that's a natural place. Um, less natural is doing it maybe one-on-one with your spouse. That's a difficult thing, but it'll be amazing. It'll it'll strengthen your marriage. It will it will change your whole outlook on how you raise your kids, on on how you do life together if you can pray together out loud. I mean, that's a really big thing. It's also a very difficult, very intimate thing to do. Um, and building up to that, one of the easiest ways for me was to like maybe go on walks or drives. Anything you can do to have, if if there's a place that was made it easy to do a hard conversation, usually walks or drives are really good because you don't have to look in people's eyes <laughs> as much, and it, it's just there's, yeah. there's distractions. It's a great place to start praying too, mm-hmm. um, and you know so so while not all the answers, that's those are the kind of things that that help me get started with it. But in the end, you just have to step out and start doing, and it's like most things, you're you're not gonna not going to look pretty or sound pretty to start with, but that's not the point. And that's okay. Yep. God doesn't expect us to look pretty or sound pretty. Thank, he thank wants goodness, because oh, you know, I have a Facebook radio. <laughs> <laughs> what if he would been saying for that? Huh? The Holy Spirit you know, fills in the grunts and groans. Yes, exactly. I love that. Uh, my first experience in working with men uh, in a prayer time came, we used to have a luncheon uh, of business people uh, they met once a month or twice a month, and uh, and they were Christian, basic organizations or things. And it seemed like every uh, Wednesday that we had our meeting, and after the meeting was over, uh, someone would come to me and say, Evelyn, I'm in trouble, and I don't know what to do about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said, well, have you prayed about it? Well, no, but I, I said, has somebody prayed with you? No. Well, maybe we need to get together and pray. And it ended up there were 10 of those men that did that. And so I had to get another woman to sit in with me to do that. We did it in a um, restaurant on 183. Mm-hmm. I saw men come from just absolutely zero uh, knowledge of how God answers prayer to the point that it was, you know, Raise your hands, yeah. go to town. Um, and those men uh, changed in that, it was about 15 months that we did that, uh, to the point that they called me <laughs> the other mother. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I couldn't get into it. I couldn't get out of it uh, personally. Uh, but it, it really, in our, one of our, business people that we deal with every day came out of their prayer group. Yeah. Mm. And you don't ever know what God's going to do if you let you turn him loose. And, I, right. you know, that's why I think that the ministry you have is tremendous. And I want to congratulate you and uh, and Kathy. Um, well, the we team, yeah, so we have fun. <laughs> yeah, we need more of you. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, wow, that's a great answer. Wow, that's a great answer. Okay. I mean, Eric and I, we always go, you know, he he says, he talks about, you know, go for a walk because if you need a difficult conversation, 
okay, we walk probably three or four times a week for about three miles. So, you know, we've had those difficult conversations. And I tell you, I think it was the walks that really saved our marriage because there was a time when I would say something and he wasn't hearing me and he would hear something entirely different. Mm -hmm. And he would say something and I wasn't hearing him. I would hear something entirely different. And so we started going on these long walks together and just trying to talk through everything. And, I mean, it literally helped us rebuild communication in our marriage. And um, so, I mean, I encourage um, husbands and wives, you know, wives, if, if you expect for that guy of yours to sit across a kitchen table and talk to you, that that maybe the, your best op- option is just getting out for a walk. Because when you're not looking at each other eye to eye, some si- sometimes it's you start to be able to hear a little bit better. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're kind of putting that energy out a different way instead of letting it build up. Oh, man. Thank you, Enda Brocks, for your wonderful words of wisdom. And, uh, you know, as we close our show today, as Kathy talks about communicating and Eric talks about praying, I, friends, I just want you to know that it, it, your Lord and Savior Jesus wants to communicate with you. And the way that you have a relationship with him is to, to pray is to say, you know what, Lord, I, I'm a sinner, and I know I'm a sinner, and I, and I know that you died on that cross and were raised again on the third day in order to give me life. You took that burden for me. And to confess that with your mouth, friends. And if you need help with that, you can call us on the love line at 512-249-6535. We will talk you through that. I would pray that you can find a church, find some place that is preaching the word of God and get involved with a community of believers. Friends, we love you so much. For the First Lady of Love, Miss Evelyn Davison, for my friend Kathy Enderbrock, I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader, and we'll see you next time right here on Love Talk.